Welcome. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, Jillian Flies. Jillian, with her partner, Brent Preston, owned the new farm located in Creamore, Ontario. Fifteen years ago, they purchased their farm and moved from Toronto to Creamore. With a passion for advocacy and as a leader of rurality, they created the new farm with a goal of cultivating the type of healthy food they wanted to give to their children while contributing to the environment. Today, Jillian tells us about regenerative agriculture, a way of producing food that leaves the soil healthier than it was and improves environmental impact. The new farm is the first farm in Canada to be certified regenerative organic agriculture. I learned so much from Jillian and I'm so excited for you too as well. Welcome to 4-H for You, where we hope to inspire you to use your head, heart, hands, and health to best serve yourself and others each and every day. Hi, Jillian. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. I am so excited to welcome you here to chat all about the new farm and all you are doing here with regenerative farming. So welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah. So great to hear. So we actually came across you guys through an article that was written and just couldn't help but think, wow, you guys are doing something so great. And I love your story. So please tell us about yourself and the new farm. Great. Well, I don't quite know where to start, but let me say um, I run the new farm with my husband, Brent Preston, and we're located in Creamore, Ontario. We have about 100 acres and we are an hour and a half north of Toronto. So we started the farm about 15 years ago, and it's, kind of, it's an interesting way that we got into farming because we don't come from farming families, but instead we come from a background of advocacy and activism. So Brent and I worked in Africa and Asia for 12 years in political development and human rights. And we moved back to Toronto, and when we got here, we wanted to work on some of the issues that we are facing here in Canada. And we recognize that global warming, climate change, human health, obesity, like all of these major problems come right back to the way that we grow our food and our food system. So we made a decision that we were gonna start a farm and a small scale organic farm and prove that it could work. And so we moved out of the city, we bought this rundown farm up here and we started farming 15 years ago. We, we knew that we wanted to be organic, of course, but that's where we started. That's awesome. Very cool. And so you said you started 15 years ago, correct? Yeah, this is our 16th year of farming. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. And what was the biggest challenge that you faced bringing the idea to life? Two of the biggest challenges. The first one is that we, we actually didn't know what we were doing, really. <laughs> Um, you know, there was a lot of, luckily we learned from a lot of other farmers, you know, farmers are so generous with their knowledge and sharing. And, and so there was that, but the other thing is that our food system is not really set up in a way for farmers to be successful. You know, you have, you have, it's sort of a race to the bottom for a price point on one end, trying to move farming into a commodity um, situation instead of, you know, looking at farmers for their individual products and the care that they put into their food. And then on the other end of the coin, you know, you're dealing with climate. You're dealing with things that you don't deal with with an office job. You know, the rain, is it going to get enough rain? Is it going to be too hot? You know, all of those sort of things. So I guess I would say climate and then the learning curve for us were the two biggest things. 
right for sure you probably have never had to pay so much attention to the weather forecast than ever before it's my favorite app by the radar and the weather app is my thing yeah <laughs> that's too funny so tell us a little bit about regenerative farming well it's so exciting because you know a lot of folks especially young folks are starting to really develop a climate anxiety or environment anxiety or depression. These are actually new terms that are coming out in psychology teachings at universities. And the real exciting thing about regenerative agriculture is that we have an opportunity to not only re reduce GHG emissions, but to start to put carbon right back into the ground where it belongs. So when you think about climate change and global warming, carbon is not the problem. It's just in the wrong place. And so there's a suite of practices that weirdly enough, like Brent and I started this farm in order to be organic and climate friendly. And we weren't aware of things like no-till, for example, or rotational grazing, intensive, you know, advanced grazing systems that really help to reduce your emissions and sequester carbon. So, so the suite of practices generally is, you know, this sort of five main practices in regenerative agriculture. The first one is that you disturb the soil as little as possible. You recognize that you're, you're farming your soil instead of the vegetables. And so you have, uh, you try and till as little as possible because you have this mycorrhizal fungi network in, you know, in the soil that's all connected and you're breaking that up mainly. But you're also bringing up a seed bed that you know, for years and years has been developing and causing yourself all kinds of problems. You know, having biodiversity, as much diversity as you can on your farm, which attracts all kinds of different you know, insects and birds and predators and stuff that are all playing an important role. Integration of animals is really interesting. It's not mandatory, but it's really helpful. So when you start talking about whether or not we should be eating meat or raising animals, it's really about the way that they're raised, I think is a discussion that we need to have. We've never used a drop of nitrogen fertilizer on our farm. So you can cover crop, you always keep the ground covered and you can capture atmospheric nitrogen through cover crops. There's these main sort of principles to regenerative agriculture. And there's now a certification called the Regenerative Organic Certification uh, started by Rodale in Patagonia. It's called the Rock, if anyone's kind of into the lingo. And uh, we're the first vegetable farm in Canada actually to be certified to the Rock, which is really exciting. We just got that certification and it kind of backs up the practices that we are. And there's a really stringent audit process to make sure that we're actually doing it. Wow, congratulations. And I'm sure there's a lot of work that goes into that certification as well. So you guys weren't, you didn't always kind of practice this regenerative farming then? Well, the interesting thing is, so organic farming, and we've always been certified organic, has many of these practices, almost all of them already in integrated. So we have been practicing regenerative farming. But for example, as an organic farm, we tilled a lot. We grow salad mixes that turned over every three weeks and we would till them in and replant and till them in and replant. And we didn't recognize what that was doing to the soil. We're also a vegetable farm. We did not have cattle on our farm. So now we custom graze other people's cows through our cover crops instead of tilling them in. So we're integrating animals, even though we're not selling meat we're recognizing the importance of that. So we have been, but we've upped our game because there's some stuff that's not required in the organic standard. And we quite frankly, didn't know about it. Right, very interesting. And could you go into a little bit more detail about some of those benefits that you've noticed just in making that full changeover, I guess you could say. 
Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit later about it, but this is why we're working with so many farmers to help educate folks. So here are the benefits. First and foremost, we're way more profitable. And the reason for that is because we are, well, the first thing for many farmers is you reduce inputs. Like I said, we've never used a drop of nitrogen fertilizer, but farmers who switch to regenerative get to get rid of that, which is a big cost. We don't have any sprays, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. You don't need any of that when your soil is healthy. So again, a big cost savings, but we already had that. So for us, the big wins are when we stop tilling, we're not bringing the weed seed bed up to the top of the soil every time. So we tarp that, we germinate them all one time, and then you plant into that and all that's growing is your crop. So you don't have to weed. And that's a huge cost for us. The second thing is that when you don't till, you increase the amount of moisture in your soil. So you get a really a much better germination like a much more consistent and fulsome germination in your crops. And you also have that grows, we were, get, we're getting higher yields from that. And we have to irrigate less, which again is cost half time and cost money. So we're getting away from irrigation, we're getting away from weeding, we have higher yields. And we also use our field in a way that we, we plant through our fields multiple times because it only takes three weeks to get a salad, a baby green salad mix through that. Uh, we're able to get extra runs through there because they they actually grow a whole week faster than when we when we um, till and then plant it. Really interestingly, we did farmer-led research trials through EFAO on our farm. We thought because we we tarp our salad mix after we use it instead of the the remnants of it instead of tilling it in, we tarp it now and it kind of turns to dust and we plant in there. We thought, are we really warming up? Are we hurting the soil? and the life in it by heating it up under there. And the crazy thing is it's six to nine degrees cooler under the tarp than in tilled soil because all the moisture has come out and it heats up faster. So you actually have cooler soil. This has also allowed us to germinate spinach and arugula um, when it's 30 degrees here, when no other farm can. So our soil is cooler, so we're able to germinate. So those are just some of the benefits. Another benefit um, to farmers who are interested in monitoring their soil organic matter is when you stop tilling and you use cover crops and stuff, you build a really, uh, you build the structure of your soil. And for every, you know, it's kind of on a scale, most farms in Canada are around somewhere around 2% soil organic matter. And we've gotten up ours to up around 5%, close to six in some areas. And for every 1%, when you get one of these crazy storms that's coming through, can actually absorb 25,000 gallons more of water per acre during that storm. So our farm, you know, the farm across the road will have runoff and all kinds of trouble. And it just soaks in like a sponge around here. We don't lose our crop. And in the spring, sometimes we're on the field up to a month earlier than they are because the spring rain and runoff all absorbs into our field here when it doesn't have anywhere to go structurally over there. So it takes a longer time. Wow, that's very cool. I just learned so much. <laughs> it wasn't too long an answer, you know, but um, that's kind of what's going on. Yeah. Very interesting. And so how does regenerative farming help reverse climate change? Well, what it does is it actually takes a couple of things. Agriculture in Canada is responsible for 13% of our greenhouse gas emissions. And so the first thing it does is it reduces emissions because a big part of that is the use of nitrogen fertilizer. 
you know, other parts is releasing uh, carbon into the atmosphere um, through tillage, those kind of things. So through these practices, we have a big opportunity to reduce that 13% of emissions annually. But at the same time, when you plant things like cover crops, lots of trees, and you stop tilling, you start actually drawing carbon back down out of the atmosphere because we have this excess. You start pulling it back down into the ground where it belongs. And so that reduces, starts to reverse global warming. There's a a project that was released at the Paris Climate Conference in 2015 called the Four Mill. It was put forward by France, a bunch of scientists. Canada, along with about 200 countries, have signed on to it. But what they've recognized at the time was if we could increase the carbon in agricultural soils globally by four one thousandths of a percent, we could actually offset all of our emissions. Fortunately, with all the coil and stuff that come on, I think it's down to like 75%, but that's just with a 0.4% increase in carbon. And we can do better than that with these practices. And so we have a real opportunity to not only offset our current emissions, but also to start reversing it and putting the carbon back in the ground. Wow, that's a, yeah, awesome. Exactly. I'll have to take a look into that. We can put that in the show notes as well. Very, very interesting. And I understand that you and Brent are both actively involved in the agricultural community. Could you tell us about your roles on the Canadian Organic Growers and the Ecological Farming Association? Sure. So Brent is the board president of the Ecological Farmers Association of Ontario. And the reason that he took that role and we decided that we should take these roles and that one in particular is that when I, as I mentioned, when we started out and didn't know what we were doing, we, we learned so much from that organization and those farmers that we thought it was time now that we know mostly what we're doing for us to give back, especially around these regenerative practices. Like we're seeing how much this is, how good this has been for our farm. And we want to help other farmers understand this and make the same changes so they can benefit from that. So he's there and I actually just transitioned, but for the past four years, I've been the president of the Canadian Organic Growers for the same reason, because these organizations are play key roles in education and advocacy and supporting climate-friendly agriculture. So through those two organizations, we helped to form a coalition called Farmers for Climate Solutions. It's now 24 farming organizations and it's over 20,000 farmers that are members. And we're advocating for climate-friendly agricultural policy and support to farmers to actually implement these practices. So the government in the past two years, in response to, in a big part, you know, uh, climate pressures, but also our specific recommendations has now released over a billion dollars toward climate-friendly agricultural practices. So that means starting in July, farmers can get paid to implement these practices. Like if you are willing to cover crop, they'll cover seed cost, you know, major portion of your seed cost. If you need a nitrogen management plan to reduce your nitrogen fertilizer use, they pay for that. They pay for you to learn how to have an advanced grazing plan, including rotation and intensive grazing. So all, all of a sudden farmers are going to get paid for these services, these ecological services. And it also takes the risk off the farmers to make the leap and to try something new. Farmers for Climate Solutions is also offering, uh, we're training 10,000 farmers on these practices over the next four years. And we're starting our cover crop training in June, July, actually. 
I will be running two rounds a year and we've, we have a hundred farmers who are mentors who will be conducting the training for other farmers across Canada for the next four years. And uh, Brent and I have been working really hard on, on that project and the coalition. And in fact, Brent right now is the acting executive director of Farmers for Climate Solutions for one year. He finishes up in October. The director went on maternity leave. And so he stepped in and has been running it for the past year. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So would they, would somebody who was interested be able to find more information on farmersforclimatechange.com? Is that the? Yeah, thing? Farmers for Climate Solutions. Um, and so if you go there, and the really exciting thing is that we just released a report on Monday. And so the government has this program called the Agricultural Policy Framework. And that's, how, that's where they put all the money out to support agriculture. For, you know, it's a four-year program usually. And so we've put out our recommendations on the 18 practices that they need to fund in order to mitigate climate change and make farmers more profitable. And that report just went up. So that's on the website if people want to uh, take a look at that. That's great. We're going to have so many links in the show notes. So much great, great information. <laughs> yeah, there's really great content there. There's great content there. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about youth, what are some of the ways that you think that we can encourage youth to become involved in agriculture? I think some of the main drivers that are preventing young people from going into agriculture is that number one, there's been a big farm debt crisis. It's huge in Canada. And so there's not a lot of draw for young people to go into a family business that is failing financially. And it's really hard work. And so these practices could help farmers be more profitable. And, you know, farmers now being recognized as a big part of the solution. It's like this army of eco warriors potentially around the world that can really help turn things around. It's a different kind of job. There's passion in it and there's purpose in it. So I think really educating young people to know that you're not just driving a tractor around in a circle and losing money you could have the possibility of making a really big difference. And also, you know, not just in climate, also in community, uh, you know, the importance of community and mental health. We've had this big drain of young folks moving to the city and moving off family farms and them getting bought up by bigger conglomerates. And, you know, it just takes the heart and soul out of, a, out of small towns. And so, you know, I, I really think the exciting thing as the next generation start to grapple with purpose and what they want to accomplish in life, farming is a great way to make a difference. Right, right. And that actually kind of leads me to my next question here. And as first generation farmers, what advice would you have for those looking to start their own farm business? My biggest piece of advice is that a farm business is a business. So you have to set it up like a business. If you're not able to sell and make a profit on your produce, for example, you are gardening, you are not farming. And so having, taking the time to sit down, there's all kinds of programs available, sit down and do a business plan. So you know what your costs are going to be. You're going to know what your plan is and you know what you, you know, you're hoping as far as profit and stuff. So you really understand what you're getting into. You know, oftentimes that might mean, you know, when you go into a regular job or a regular business, you might need daycare for your kids. You know, there's this, this idea that it's very, you know, um, 
utopia on a farm and you can you can raise your kids while you're doing it well it's a lot of work you know um and so you can do that but you might have to put some things in place so that you're sure you know that you have the time to focus on what you're doing for sure that business plan can really help lay it out and kind of think about that financial forecasting that is so important when you're getting those ideas on paper it's really important. And there's all kinds of grants to incentivize young people to get into agriculture as well. So when you have a business plan, take it seriously. And you can also, you know, you know what you're doing and you know where you can access these kinds of things. You can get help once you, once you really know what you're doing. Yeah. Or want to do. For sure. For sure. That's great. Thank you so much, Jillian. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? I just wanted to say, I think 4-H is such a great group. Um, I think it's really exciting to see young people who are involved in agriculture and, you know, excited about the craft that they're developing. And so look around, talk to other farmers and don't give up. It's not easy, um, but it's really worth it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great advice. And thank you so much, Jillian. This was all, this was so interesting and we learned so much from you. I'll be sure to include uh, a lot of those links in the show notes so anybody can take a look and do some more research. But thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure chatting with you and learning all about the new farm and what you guys are doing. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for the opportunity.